Hello there, Alaskans, wherever you are. Welcome to the Must Read Alaska Show. Coming to you from somewhere in Alaska. This is the place where we talk about, you guessed it, Alaska. Where we keep the mainstream media on their toes and where we are standing up for what's right and a world run by leftists. You can find out more by heading over to mustreadalaska.com and also checking out the Must Read Alaska YouTube channel for some really great content. But first, let's get this party started. Well, welcome everybody to the Must Read Alaska show. I'm your host, John Quick. And for those of you that already watched this this morning, you're thinking to yourself, oh my gosh, I've already seen the show once. Yes, we're having a double header today. And uh, I just want to thank folks for tuning in earlier today. If you didn't tune in earlier, you're going to want to go check that out. I had Ivan Moron, who has uh, been doing surveys and polls in Alaska for the last 30 years. Definitely a very interesting uh, podcast. And I think it's important to note that, um, that uh, you know, even though Ivan and I may not be politically uh, on the same side, we had a great conversation, nevertheless, which I think is uh, missing in today's uh, political world oftentimes. Uh, the folks on either side of the aisle don't like to talk to each other. And today was a great uh, record and and uh, uh, shows that you can talk to somebody on the other side without screaming at their face. So thanks, Ivan, again, for coming on the Must Read Alaska show. I do appreciate it. And without further ado, I want to introduce Dr. Newcomb, who is the uh, headmaster of Holy Rosary Academy in Anchorage. And one of the cool things that I want to brag out the gate, which I'm sure um, the, the good doctor will tell us as well, but they just got um, recognized as the number one private school in Alaska, which is very, very exciting. It's awesome to have a school of faith, a school that stands for Christian values, be that uh, number one slot, which is awesome. So without further ado, well, welcome, Dr. Newcomb to the Must Read Alaska show. Thank you so much, John, for that really gracious introduction. But yes, we are very excited to take that accolade two years in a row now. Wow. So two years in a row. So for folks that have not heard of you, I bet there's going to be several parents maybe in that are listening to this that maybe just moved to Anchorage or they've had their kids only in public schools in Anchorage. Please tell us about, you know, go way back as far as you want. How did Holy Rosary, how, how did Holy Rosary Academy start? And then what brought you to becoming the headmaster of Holy Rosary? Okay, very good. Well, um, it's a really interesting story. So the wonderful thing about Holy Rosary Academy is its roots are Alaska's roots, its roots are Anchorage's roots. So uh, going way back into 1987, uh, the group of families in the area, they wanted a Catholic education for their students. At that time, the archdiocese really didn't have any schools. They just really wanted to make something work. So typical Alaska fashion, hard scrabble. They didn't have it. They said, by goodness, we will make it. Um, so it got started. And some of the early uh, families uh, involved with the school were the Hickel family, actually. And um, it's kind of an interesting thing. When I first got to Anchorage, I read Wally Hickel's book, Who Owns America? And learned a little bit about the Hickel family, the background there. It was very interesting. But I think it was uh, the, the generation that followed the, the original Hickles that came to Alaska uh, were involved with founding the school, and God loved them for that. So um, the idea of becoming a classical school, I think, came sometime later. I think it was eight or 10 years into the school's history when they decided, look, let's just make this a, a classical school while we're at it. And what this means for us is, you know, the ancient Greeks and Romans did not start with information. Today, everything is just sort of sticking information at a child and saying if, if like Velcro, those things stick to the brain. And the kid, unfortunately, is reduced to a brain in that, right? So for the ancient Greeks, Greeks and Romans, you don't start with information. You start with questions of care. 
character and you talk about questions of society, right? So the questions are, what are the choices that will make me truly happy? What are the things I could do that will uh, lend to my flourishing and those of everybody around me? So that's where things start. And the idea there is if your character is solid, you can bear a lot of information. But if you've got really bad character, having a lot of information just means you can be really awful to a great number of people. Right? So there's a, there's a societal component in classical education where we really want to make sure that we are uh, educating the whole person in a way that conduces both of their development in their, in their brain, their mind, and also in their heart and their character. Character. So those are fundamental things for Holy Rosary, and it's why our motto is that we're a place where faith and reason meet in the pursuit of excellence, and we mean all of that. And so, yeah, that's um, the heart of what we are, and it goes back for a long time in the roots of the school, and we're just blessed to have so many wonderful families be a part of this mission. It's just a beautiful uh, little place of, as I like to say, faith, learning, and laughter. That's awesome. So what brought you to Holy Rosary Academy? Um, you know, uh, I'm sure there's a story behind there and we'd love to hear it. There, there is a story. Let me see how much of it I can tell on air. So no, <laughs> I'm teasing. But the, uh, there, there are several parts of this. So for me, this has a, a been a very interesting journey. I spent six years in Houston, Texas. I was a headmaster of St. Teresa Catholic School there. Um, that school was sixth in the nation for uh, performance on the classical learning test eight. Um, we did a lot of great things there over the course of, of my time. And so um, at the end of about six years, I had done most of what I could do for it within the compass of its resources. And I thought, okay, um, we'll see. We'll see now kind of where we go. Well, I had a friend that sent me the ad here for Holy Rosary. I'm a Virginia boy. Um, I live most of my life in the South. And I was not so sure about this climate and coming up, but it was a very curious thing. Um, several things just kept drawing me back to this. So, so I had two or three friends that sent me the, the job ad and I just, I put my stuff in and it was fascinating. Within 24 hours of sending in my materials, I had a phone call from Sam Wolf, who's the chair of the board. <laughs> nice. Marvelous conversation. Like I get a phone call from Anchorage, Alaska, and you can only be related to one thing, right? So I had a marvelous conversation with, with Sam Wolf. And part of that whole discussion was the particular needs that the community had, that the school had. And the more we talked, the more I think I realized that the Lord had given me a set of gifts and experiences that could be put in the service of a very noble cause here at Holy Rosary. So uh, looking on what was needed, I, I've always had a big thing that I want to go where the Lord calls me to be in terms of service. This seemed like a really excellent fit. And so far, it really has been, uh, which is great. That's awesome. So how important to you is, you know, uh, faith in a, in a kid's education? I mean, obviously, this is what you do for a living. But, you know, parents have a choice. They could take, they can go to public school, or um, they can go to a private school. Oftentimes, a Christian or a Catholic school, how important is it, do you think a kid learns about, or a teen or a young adult, learns about faith as they're learning about math or science or these other, you know, um, no. scholars? And, uh, I, you know, I, I think it's very important, but I'd love to hear your take. Sure. No, I think it's absolutely essential. And one of the very strange things about uh, a kind of a government school proposition these days, right, is that we have to bracket out any conversation about the ultimate origin of anything. Just there are just certain things you can't talk about. There's certain things you can't ask about. And so that's really not an education to the extent that you can't question things down to the very roots or origins. Something's wrong, right? This would be a great deal like speaking about mathematics, but saying we couldn't really say anything about addition or subtraction. We could only talk about multiplication forward, right? 
right? But strikers is very odd, very partial, very strange. And we talk about the automobile, right? But not the engine, everything but the engine, right? Uh, <laughs> very strange notion. We're just going to bracket out, right, the source of things and then and then talk about the rest of it. So the I think those are critical things for a child to be able to question. And, and of course, if you've got children, you know, there's the ever, uh, ever present why in everything, right? Yes, but why? Yes, but why? Yes, but why? And most parents get back to this because God made it that way, right? There's a, there's a certain givenness in things. Science and math are great. Uh, and on their own in a secular setting, they're very good at helping us account for what is here. They're not terribly good for helping us account for why there's something here rather than nothing, right? Ultimately, philosophically, nothing comes from nothing. So um, if that were really the case on a cosmic scale, we wouldn't be here to ask questions at all. So I think just at a, at a uh, kind of an ontological level, it's very important. But it's also hugely important just for a child's own development. A child that develops a relationship with God in prayer and reflection has a way to ask himself daily, am I the best me I can be? Am I being the best son, the best uh, brother, the best whatever I can be uh, with my family, with my parents? When you've got that relationship with God, you've got an outside other that you can really be in dialogue with about whether or not you're on the right path. So I think that's hugely important. So there's a, there's a very interesting way in which character development and faith development and intellectual development march forward together. But a lot of that starts with an idea that um, I have to have a fundamental posture of gratitude, that uh, I have gifts that I did not give myself, I have abilities that I did not give myself, and those have to be refined and then brought back into service of my fellow man to really be the gifts they ought to be. That's the reason they were given to us. And so this environment in particular, we're constantly focused on what are your gifts, how do you develop those, and how do you bring those back to service of God-man? That's awesome. So um, you have an event coming up and mo my, like most private schools, um, fundraising is a part of kind of the ethos of what you all do, because you're not getting big grants from the state or from the feds, like public schools are getting to fund teachers and administrators. And so tell us about this fundraiser. Um, and if folks are in Anchorage and they want to come, um, how do they hear more about it? But first, tell us about, you know, 30th annual. That's kind of a big deal. So tell us a little yes, bit about that. That's right. Our 30th annual auction, a gala auction night, just a wonderful thing. Our theme this time around is in Fair Verona. Uh, it'll be just a lovely, lovely evening. And so come out and see us. And uh, if you want to play, if you want to be on the Capulet side or the Montague side, come and join us. Um, so what kind of nice Shakespeare kind of inspiration there for our event this time. That's the reason we decided to kind of do it upright. But yes, uh, 30 years, the school's been in existence, and you're right, fundraising is absolutely essential for a school of our kind, and even more so to the extent that we really work to make this experience affordable for families, but we don't have the underwriting of a parish even. We're an independent school, so we're not attached to a local like a parish or church of any sort. So that fundraising is really critical to us. In most schools of our kind, tuition covers about seven. 70 to 75% of our expenses. It costs us more to educate children than we charge. So that other 20 to 25%, we're working very hard to raise by other means and to make this amazing education available to an ever-growing number of families and students. So those are some of the dynamics that we have going. But um, the, the auction, Gail, if you want to know more about that, you can check out our webpage at hraak.com. Uh, anytime you want to look at that or .org, either one will work. But it is going to be on the evening of Saturday, um, October 15th. And there, you, there's a link there on our website where you can get tickets or come out uh, if you'd like to, to come and be a part of that and you can't afford a ticket, talk to me. I know some people, I might be able to make some arrangements, so. And it's uh, at the Marriott? 
Yes, it is. It's at the Marriott downtown in Anchorage. Nice. And so, I, happen, I, happen, I happen to have had a moment this week where I got to have an advanced sample of food. You will be <laughs> pretty good. Morning, so exactly. That's right. That's awesome. So um, tell us, uh, let's switch gears a little bit here. We are going to do a, um, uh, a book giveaway and we'll put this in the, um, in the copy for the, uh, when we post the podcast to all the channels, you know, iTunes, Spotify, and all that kind of stuff. So we're, the good doctor here has written a book. And so we're going to do a book giveaway. He's going to sign it. And uh, Must Read Alaska is going to be giving it away to somebody. And all you have to do is like, comment, or share, or tag a friend in any of the posts that you see on this episode. And uh, you'll be entered to win. So, you know, you could like, comment, and share. And that's three entries. Like, comment, share, and take a friend. That's four entries. And you'll be entered to win. And we'll pick a winner uh, probably Friday afternoon. And we'll uh, send you off the book. And so we'll get it to you somehow. We've done this a number of times. And we've been able to successfully get the book to folks. So, doctor, tell us about this book. My guess is it had to do with you uh, going to school and learning about some awesome medieval stuff. So tell us a little bit. Well, about you know, the, the whole process of my doctoral research was a uh, just a whirlwind of wonder in a lot of ways. I had the great fortune of studying with some real greats, uh, Jeffrey Wainwright uh, at Duke Divinity and uh, Avery Dulles at Fordham University uh, in the Bronx. I was a graduate student there. Uh, a lot of my work uh, focused ultimately on church history. So my field of, refer of, of specialization is English Reformation. I studied a lot of the bishops during that uh, process in which Henry VIII is turning the, the Anglican Church, you know, making the Anglican Church Anglican uh, and breaking away from the Catholic Church. So it's a very funny thing. One of my jokes is um, I spent some time in the research, and there's a curious uh, story about one of the figures I studied. So the two big people in the book that I study are Ed, or, um, Edmund Bonner. He was a Catholic bishop of London, and Nicholas Ridley. He was the Protestant bishop of London, and they kind of took turns in the diocese. So Bonner starts off under Henry VIII, and then when, when Henry VIII dies, his son comes into power, Edward VI. Uh, so Ridley comes in as bishop, and he changes everything. He actually rips altars out of London churches. And then when Edward VI dies, uh, Mary comes to the throne, and Bonner comes out of prison and resumes his bishopric in London again. So interesting thing. But the, the neat thing about Bonner is he's buried in a secret service at midnight. Uh, he dies in prison under Elizabeth. And he was believed, his body was believed to have been buried right there in the churchyard, right outside of the prison, the Marshalsea prison. Well, in 1803, his coffin turns up on the north side of the altar in a church way up in Colchester, right, a long way from London. And so one of the things I pieced together working with local historians on my research trip there was who very likely helped to relocate that body. So very interesting. He had, uh, Bonner had an assistant uh, late in his active time before being sent to prison, and that fellow was actually the vicar of that parish for some time. So very likely the person that relocated the coffin. So my running joke is I've spent most of my life chasing dead bishops to find <laughs> we're still on the move. So you just never know. That's hilarious. So right. what what is the uh, what is your book title? What's the title of your book? The book is Edmund Bonner, Nicholas Ridley, and the Poor Men's Chest. And it really is a lot to do with the way people in the 16th century looked at scripture and they looked at the church. So a uh, very interesting thing. And one of the big questions in that period is, You've got the whole Renaissance and the whole period uh, of uh, people learning more about the early languages that the Bible was written in. 
And one of the big questions is, what role does Renaissance humanism play in the beginning of Protestantism, right? And this book attempts to answer that question. And the bo bottom line on that really comes down to, if you're a humanist that follows Erasmus, you're much more likely to become Protestant. If you're a humanist that has followed the Italians, you're much more likely to stay Catholic in this period. So it's a very interesting read, but I do some very close work looking at some of the early Reformation writers and some of the early Renaissance writers in England. It's a really, really kind of intriguing read. So there's a glossary and um, all kinds of uh, little bios of key players in the period. So it's meant to be really accessible to non-specialists as well. Nice. So folks, uh, if you want to learn all about the uh, Christian humanism in the, uh, what, 15th century, 16th century? 16th century. That's right. 16th century. We're going to be giving away a book. So like, comment, share, take a friend. And we're going to be giving away a book, even if you don't have any interest. Sounds like a freaking sometimes comical read of Vickers changing around coffins. I mean, you got to get the, you got to have it. some humor in Christianity to, to uh, right. sometimes. So, uh, Doctor, any last words about uh, the Holy Rosary, Holy Rosary Academy or the gala coming up before we sign off here? Well, the I think um, I would say to anybody, if you'd like to know more about the school, uh, look up our webpage, come by, schedule a time to come and visit. We'd love to tell you more about the deep work we do here in bringing faith and reason alive uh, to all of our children here and the great care that we give, give them. It's a beautiful place. We have a really remarkable faculty that do an incredible job uh, at cultivating the very best in our students. So we're excited about that. Uh, one of the big things that we put in place last year we're very excited about is um, our new kind of uh, uh, behavior code for kids. It's called the Knight's Code. It's based on 12 virtues that the 13th century Duke of Burgundy uh, placed together as part of the Code of Chivalry. It's been a big hit with our students. So if you'd like to know more about the Knight family, come out and see us. We'll tell you about the Knight's Code. We'll tell you about faith and reason. We'll tell you about this beautiful place of classical learning and Catholic faith. That's awesome. So one last question, because I forgot to ask it, and it was, it, it was emboldened in my notes here. Let's say you have a family that's listening, who's like, I want to have my kids go into this school. How does, do you have room still? How does somebody, um, you know, go about potentially bringing their kids to your school? Absolutely. So the, you know, we've got a little questionnaire out there that starts the, the thing online. So one of the first questions we'll ask you is like, what appeals to you about that our kind of combination of faith and, and classical learning here? You'll do that. And that's the first, that's the first entry point. I've got seats in um, most grade levels. Fourth grade for this year has been the hot grade, the it grade. So not so many seats for grade four, for whatever reason, every year, one grade level is like super hot. But uh, in other areas, if you're interested, uh, come by and see us. We'll talk and and we'll see where the conversation goes. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, uh, doctor, for joining us. And uh, for folks that are listening here, remember their 30th uh, anniversary gala is coming up here on October 15th at 530 at the Marriott in Anchorage. You can check out their stuff on their website, which is hraak.org or .com. And uh, until next time, I'm John from somewhere in Alaska. And don't, you won't want to miss tomorrow. We have Les Garrow coming on. And, uh, you know, it's always good to hear from the other side, directly from the other side. And that's what we're trying to do here at Must Read Alaska is not just show you folks from the Republican side, but also show you folks from the uh, Democrat side. So hope to hear, hope to uh, see you all tomorrow and have yourself a awesome night. Thank you so much, doctor, for joining us. Thank you so much, John. I really appreciate the time. Yep.